Hello, everyone. This is the worship service at McGregor EMC for May 3rd, 2020. Jesus, hope of the nations. Jesus, comfort for all who mourn. You are the source of heaven's hope on earth. Jesus, light in the darkness. Jesus, truth in each circumstance. You are the source of heaven's light on earth. In history, you lived and died. You broke the chains. You rose to life. You are the hope living in us. You are the rock in whom we trust. You are the light shining for all the world to see. call to worship is from Psalm 62, verses 1 and 2. Truly my soul finds rest in God. My salvation comes from Him. Truly He is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I will never be shaken. He sent His Son to die and rise again to save us Fast and sure. He's broken our chains and given us freedom. Give thanks to God, for He is good. In Him we are alive and have joy everlasting. Oh, 
days I've been held in your hands From the moment that I wake up Until I lay my head I will sing of the goodness of
Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Let's bow now in a word of prayer. Our God, we come before you this morning, excited to see how things have changed even in this last week. Lord, with the new news that the Manitoba government is looking to open up the province, at least in a limited sense, for activity again, this is news that meets us both excitedly but also with concern as well. Lord, we pray that your wisdom will be with the government during this time, the municipal as well as the provincial. God, we pray that you will guide them during this time. And Lord, we pray that you'll be with the different businesses that are looking to open again, to try to start up with a new way of being. God, we pray that you will be with them in a very obvious way as well. Lord, most of all, what we pray is is that the virus will be stopped, that there won't be another spike, and we know that you can do these things. Lord, we, every day, try a little bit harder to put all of our cares and all of our fears and all of our concerns in your hands. Help us to do that now. And God, in the same line as this, we heard this week just how hard some of our farmers are going to be hit by everything that is going on with demand as far as the virus goes and how that affects supply as well. Corn and potato farmers come very quickly to our minds with where we live. Lord, we pray that you will be the strength that they need during this time. Lord, we pray that you will be the support that they need during this time. And most of all, we pray that you will make yourself known to them in a way that maybe has never even been thought of before. And we pray for each and every one of the rest of us that in whatever way it is that we can help, Lord, you will show us how to do that as well. And God, we also want to pray for our town as we're now looking to go into this new time of figuring out how it is that we can operate in light of the new status quo. God, we thank you so much for all of the ways that you have guided us so far, and we look forward to knowing how it is that you will guide us into the future as well. And we pray finally for our church. While it still looks to be a while off before the way it is that we do our ministries changes, We pray that you will continue to stand strong with us, that you will continue to use us to be a blessing to all that would listen, and most of all, that you would continue to use us as a way to point always back to you. Lord, we are so thankful for everything that we see in the world, everything that we can see your hand in. 
And so we bring each and every one of these prayer requests before you. In your name we pray. Amen. John 10, verses 1 to 10. Very truly I tell you, Pharisees, anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate, but climbs in by some other way, is a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, then he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep will follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Jesus used this figure of speech, but the Pharisees did not understand what he was telling them. Therefore Jesus said again, Very truly I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pastor. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He leads me to green pastures. He restores my soul. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I saw them one day years ago there on the horizon. I had wandered so far from home. And it was there, three figures stood perched, dressed in washed-out robes. Three figures, each more pale than the last. Three figures, grotesquely smiling ear to ear, teeth bleached, so sickly translucent, scars from years of trying to sell false as true. Thieves, I recognized them to be. False teachers, a lot of them. The first figure descended and approached me walking so lightly that it seemed that he skimmed over the land. As he approached, his hand was outstretched. It was brittle. It was like sun-bleached bone, though for such frailty, his voice did come sickeningly strong. He looked through my eyes, past me as he spoke. I was sent by your master, he said, voice flowing slowly, oozing like crude. He has sent me with a new gospel, to lead you until he returns. In that moment, against my better judgment, eagerly I perked up my ears, for it had been so long since I had seen my master's face, for it had been so long since I had heard my master's caring voice. But the figure's eyes were sharp, and he noted my excitement, and like jaws of a crocodile, he seized on his opportunity. The master has sent me, he repeated once again. He has sent me to tell you that he once preached a gospel more streamlined than the last. A new gospel where all you need to do is talk. Talk wide, talk loud, talk so much that you make it clear that everyone who doesn't understand the master like you do is less than swine. Talk so loudly, no one will hear anything but the drone of your words. This 
is how you are to win souls even because talking is all that matters. Proper theology streamlined down to the smallest minutia, so sharp that you can stab people with it, is all that there is in this new gospel. Just talk. All that matters is if your dogmas are just right. What care is the suffering of others next to the importance of this? I thought of this message. I wrestled with it even. A faith made up only of ensuring right belief down to the smallest detail would be easier than how I had understood the master's teachings to be. It would be a life not struggling with my faith. A life where I could write off those who disagree with me instead of engaging with them. I would go further than that, though. Think of all of the possibilities this would present. That would be a life where all conversions would take the same path. It would just be teaching other people to parrot what I think down to the smallest details, and then I'd be good, and then they'd be good. How scalable that would be. I wouldn't even need to spend time living a messy life with anyone I didn't care to. Yeah, I could, I could get behind that. But then my eye, through chance or providence, again caught a glimpse of the bony, too-thin hand of the first pale figure. And it caused me to remember the life of struggling with others that my master had lived. A life spent just as much with those in need as it did trying to teach to them. A life spent just as dedicated to feeding and healing as it was to sharing what God had done. Care for one another and love God, my master taught me in the same breath. They are not things you can separate. Focusing our faith solely on talking, only on obtaining that perfect, proper belief forgetting the obligation the master set for us to care for others in the process. That has a way of warping our understandings of his teaching away from being a way to bring people to God to instead becoming a palisade to keep them away. And so I sighed at the life that could have been. And as I did, I told the first figure to depart. And as he drifted away, his voice became distorted, undulating like the wail of a siren. Heretic, he called me, and he was gone. And then it so happened that the second figure appeared, where the first was fragile, almost like ice. The second was in every way his opposite, grotesque where his arms and his hands were swollen, on left and right more gold bands and bangles than even allowed the digits to bend. They cut deep into his flesh and the color of the tips of his fingers were betraying the fact that long since they become fetid. And as the second figure spoke, Where at once I was expecting the sickening flow of the first, instead his voice came out as a wisp. High, thin, like vapor drifting into the aether before it disappeared. I was sent by your master, the figure called to me. He has sent me with a new gospel to lead you until he returns. Though I was set on defense by the encounter I had only moments before, Still, I listened to the second figure, if for no other reason than because, I'll admit it, I was intrigued at the sight before me. He continued on. 
The master wants to remind you that God loves you and wants only what's best. Upon hearing these words, I knew to be true. For a moment, I found myself comforted. For a moment, I found myself willing the man to continue on. And so I listened more intently than before. The master knows how hard the world can be. And in this new gospel, he wants to remind you that if you ask him, he will give you all that your heart desires. No holds barred. Money, sex, stability, power, anything you have ever wanted, or even look at the world around you. We live in a scary place right now, but if you ask the master hard enough and your faith is strong enough, he will give you good health until your dying day. And what's more to even this, he will grant you something greater still, peace of mind. Because all the things that you have, no matter how much pain it caused others to get them, well, the master wants you to know you have them because God loves you that much. And no matter how bad anyone else has it, well, if only they believed a little harder, they could be blessed like you too. To these words, I was taken aback. Had the master not said, if my faith is only as small as a mustard seed, everything I ask for will be given? More and more I found my mind building on that verse, willing all the others that disagreed with it into oblivion. Power, luxury, status, once again, being able to shake my moral obligation others, all, all that could be mine. Close. Against my better judgment, I came to believing the new gospel of the second figure. Until again, by chance or providence, my eyes caught on the purpling, rotten fingertips of this grotesque man. The pain it caused is what I saw. And my thoughts drifted to my mind's eye, where I remembered my master as he had been, whipped and beaten, resting on the cross. This same pain I noticed the longer I thought carried on to the disciples and the children of Israel and the hardships they endured as well. How can we expect a life beyond want or need when all throughout Scripture, those most faithful to God had lived anything but? Is the world not still a fallen place? Pick up your cross and follow me, I recall my master saying. And so I sighed. As I put the idea of a life free of care and responsibility given as a gift of God away. Leave me, I told the second figure. And again as before, outraged to be turned away, the man leveled at me, heretic. Then two was gone. And then it happened that the third figure appeared. And while from a distance he looked like his brethren, pale, cloaked, and grinning, albeit wider, as he approached, his face began to change. The toothy smile that spread from ear to ear began to recede. His features lazily came more into focus. And for every step he took, I found my heart jumped a little harder in my chest. But it was not until he stood before me, no further than the sand from the ocean, that I came to understand fully the reason why I was anxious. For it was only then that I saw that his face was the same as mine. His body was mine. His mannerisms stolen from me. 
And as he slightly tilted his head to the side and narrowed his eyes, preparing to speak in the same way I had countless times before, I found for the first time that day, not excited by what was about to be said, but instead, truly, for the first time in my life even, utterly terrified. I was sent by our master, I told myself. He has sent me with a new gospel to lead you until he returns. And where it was that the others waited for my interest before they tried to hawk their wares, the third figure simply spoke, uninvited, well aware that he already had my full attention. And while the others only talked for moments, this one sheerly waxed on for hours, days, then years. And while to begin I was terrified, after a time I regret to say, I came around. For there can never be a false teacher more enticing than the one we construct of ourselves. For they bring with them the false gospel that God was made in our image and not the other way around. It is a temptation hard to resist as it is something that justifies all that we ever would care to do. More than even that, it, it makes heretics out of all those who dare to call us out for the hurt that we bring on ourselves and others. And worse still, it allows us to still say that we are following the master when in reality, in our lives, it is us that hold our idea of who he is in chains. In this false gospel, our idea of right and wrong, it becomes a filter unlike any other. If we hate ourselves, we come to know that God hates us as well. If we love ourselves to a sickening end, God becomes our cheerleader as we burn the world down. Our politics, our preferences, our privileges, to say nothing about the things we struggle with, these come to define what we believe our master to be completely and solely about. And so I stayed there before the third figure, transfixed on bended knee for many more years than I ever care to admit to say. But as the months blurred on, instead of strengthened by this new gospel, I found myself growing frail. Where before I was able to stand firm in the master's name now, even the wind from the third figure's ghostly breath contained enough force to knock me to the ground. I had for so long feasted on my own teachings that I had become a shell of myself, cannibalized the whole way through. Day after day, I tried to find the new strength and the new teachings of this false teacher fashioned in my image. And day after day, I grew hungrier starving, ravenous for just anything else. And so the cycle grew, the discontent formed, over and over until the day finally came when above the luring words of my own worst self, I could again hear a voice that I had long since thought disappeared, and it gave me strength new. And so it was that after years of sustaining myself only on the teachings of the third figure, that it was that this new yet old, faint, almost forgotten voice that I found the strength to stand and look my final false teacher in the eye. And while I wish I could claim victory over him in that moment, instead, 
I was knocked right back down. But as I fell, the voice I found grew louder. And so again, I picked myself up, not ashamed, but instead determined. But just as I was about to open my mouth this time to speak the words that I had spoken twice before years ago, again, I was pushed to the ground. But now, now, what was before a whisper has now become a yell. And so a third time, with all that I had left, I rose to my feet. And as I opened my mouth to speak, I was surprised to find that the words that I declared, they were joined, just slightly delayed, to a thunderous bellow coming from behind me that said, Leave. Together we demanded that of the third false teacher, my voice weak, but the other stronger than creation. And while I expected that just as before the third figure would declare me a heretic, instead I watched in awe as my eyes in this other's face darted to the one standing behind me, and terrified he fell to his knees in a bow. It took more than I knew I had in me to turn around after that. But the voice I had heard was unmistakable. I made it less than halfway before I crumpled, but I was caught in the fall. My master had found me. I expected when I saw his face after these past years with the third figure that he would be angry. I, I expected when I saw his eyes after this long time, they would burn. But instead he smiled, proud. Come on, my master spoke, in a voice I had long since thought I had forgotten. And lifting me to my feet, supporting me as I struggled to walk beside him, he spoke the words that have since come to define me. Let's go find the others and go home. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He leads me to green pastures, he restores my soul. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever.
benediction comes from the book of Romans. For I am sure that neither death nor life nor angels nor rulers nor things present nor things to come nor powers nor height nor depth nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Go now and serve our God.